Well, for those that read the very last book released by the late Senator Jim Molan, they'll recall the opening chapter. In it, Jim outlined a hypothetical stage-by-stage attack by China. But rather than describe scenes of amphibious landings and missile bombardments and all of that, the first signs of trouble came in the form of electronic systems failures, the collapse of the power grid, satellites, surveillance technology, that sort of thing, what we'd commonly call cyber warfare. Now, the sceptics will no doubt roll their eyes and say this is the stuff of science fiction, the stuff of an eager imagination. But a realist would know Jim's scenario is far from fantasy. And in fact, a recent speech by the head of the FBI confirms it. On Sunday, Christopher Wray, is the director of the FBI, urge Western nations to up their surveillance of critical infrastructure. Now, this is in the wake of more evidence that China is pre-positioning malware inside the computer systems of everything, from water treatment plants all the way through to aviation control. And the reason is pretty simple. They want to have it ready to, and I think the verb is detonate, at a moment's notice. You can imagine the damage it'll do. Last year, the Americans uncovered a stack of this malware already in place. They dubbed it Vault Typhoon. And they're warning the Five Eyes allies, including Australia, that we, in fact, may not be immune. Well, Alistair McGibbon is the Chief Strategy Officer at CyberCX. He knows this stuff back the front. He's on the line. Alistair, thank you for being there. Good afternoon. Uh, you, you see these stories come out of the United States. You hear the warnings from Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, and you sort of gulp and think, oh, geez, well, you know, if it's happening in America, surely it's happening here. What evidence is there that this malware is already in place in Australia? Well, Vault Typhoon that you have spoken about, this concept of Chinese nation-state threat actors, um, which is a a code name given to a group that seemed to be spending their time on critical infrastructure in the United States. Um, they, there's there's very little doubt that they would use the same methodologies to place those types of implants, that level of access into other nations. There's no logical reason why they wouldn't. For a long time, we've looked at China on two fronts. One, large-scale espionage uh, and also you know, mega-scale theft of intellectual property from the West. So think about that as industrial secrets to advance Chinese industry. Yes. That's the confidentiality side of cybersecurity, but there are two other legs to cybersecurity. That's integrity and availability of systems and uh, data. What we're talking about here is potentially China looking to attack the integrity and availability of systems. And it's a logical thing you know, in in the state of war, as you mentioned in Jim Molan's um, first chapter, uh, talking about how you would use cyber means to disrupt nations. So it's logical that China could be there. I mean, as you say, we often speak about the confidentiality aspect of data leaks, and we've recently had the whole Medibank situation and Optus and all of these others, and, and that tends to end up with a compromise of people's privacy or indeed of state secrets. None of that's good. Uh, but what we're looking at here potentially is warfare without a bullet being fired, aren't we? Yes, and and I've always said that the likelihood of a nation carrying out these types of disruptive cyber activities, you know, shutting off things like water and power, is very remote unless you are in a state of war. But unlike a missile, you need to position, pre-position these cyber tools on networks. And what, what the FBI director has said, and other countries came out and spoke about Vault Typhoon, including Australia, saying 
there's evidence that they will now pre-position those tools for the purposes of some form of conflict. So it's not science fiction. Sadly, it's reality. And Mm. it means that we as defenders need to get better at looking for those types of telltale signs in systems. Well, as defenders, how well are we in defending the status quo? I mean, you, you have these scenarios, and the Americans are outlining this in, in quite a lot of clarity, I think, really, uh, of potentially the water and the sewerage treatment systems right through to aviation uh, and everything in between, no doubt the power grid, uh, being exposed to effectively the flick of a switch before a missile is fired. I mean, you can imagine the chaos that would cause to a modern economy if in, in literally everything went dark uh, before war was officially declared in the terrestrial sense. I mean, how well positioned are we to, to counter all of this? Well, look, you're right, firstly. It's trite to say how, how connected we are, right? I mean, the reality is we, are, we rely upon computer and connected technologies for every everything. part of our lives. Um, so it is a it, it's a potentially devastating scenario. How well protected are we? Well, I'd say Australia is up there with the likes of uh, you know other Western countries, the UK, the US, and others in terms of our intelligence agencies and our um, law enforcement agencies and the like. But what's interesting in the in the FBI director's uh, speech is he highlights the sort of the the degree and in in a sense the the brazen approach that China has taken in the United States. And and that's why I say it'd be naive for us to think that this either couldn't or isn't happening in Australia. You're only as good as what you can see as an intelligence agency. And while um, our agencies and, and other Western agencies have, you know, really good insights into what's occurring, you know, you'll hear the Prime Minister and and others talk about, you know, the world-class capabilities of those agencies. Uh, there's an awful lot, and quite rightly, that those agencies can't see. We don't want our intelligence agencies sitting on, you know, private computer systems in Australia. And so, as a consequence, um, there are a lot of dark patches of, of technology in this country, a lot of ageing infrastructure. Volt Typhoon, the, the Chinese state here, um, are using... Uh, vulnerabilities in in end-of-life technologies and our because we've got so much technology in our economy there's an awful lot of old technology in there that they are using uh, in order to gain access to those systems so yes it's it's potentially very significant Um, it highlights that if we ever got into a major conflict that cyber warfare would be uh, likely to be part of that and it means that we need to do the boring grind of defence in finding um, the offender when they're in those systems and, better still, create better defences to stop them being in there in the first place. And spend the money to do it because it doesn't come cheap. Mind you, uh, you know, is is some of this a wake-up call that perhaps Australia was just too naive, too too close-eyed about the real threat of China when we allowed Chinese state-backed or Chinese state loyal entities to come and buy into the power grid, into the transmission network. Uh, They almost, of course, got into the 5G network. I mean, right across the economy, their money is poured in. Uh, But uh, are there consequences for that? Well, I think until a handful of years ago, the entire world was very naive as to the potential threat of China. But but to your question, I think Australia led the way, actually, in raising that awareness we were the first country in the world to take action on that 5g network and to exclude what were called high-risk vendors from 5g uh 
you've raised what I think is the is one of the critical questions we've got to face as a nation in in coming years, which is not where your technology is built, but where it's controlled from. Where is the headquarters of the of the technology company that you're allowing into your systems? Because that's where you don't need to spy, you don't need to have implants if you can just turn things off based on control. And that's that 5G decision. So Australia has led the way in talking in a, in a you know, polite but forceful way about, um, you know, what is our biggest trading partner, uh, how they also have, you know, very strong intelligence agencies that will do what they think is right for China. And, and again, just to put this in real perspective, you can have a really strong trading relationship and yet push back on... Um, on things like uh, we think you're being a bit uh, egregious in how much espionage is being carried out um, and potentially, obviously, implants into systems. So this has to be a very balanced discussion, but Australia has led the way in that. We're, we're amongst a few nations that have actually done it. But this does highlight that when you're talking about critical infrastructure, the things that literally keep the lights on and keep us alive, um, there is no investment uh, sufficient to make sure that that these things stay on. And there has been a maturation there. Uh, you know, just today I'm talking to the board of a piece of critical infrastructure about these very things. The fact that boards are having those discussions now um, highlight that they are becoming alive to the fact, sad fact, that offenders, um, think about them as armed offenders in the offline world, are actively uh, trying to harm them in the online world. Yeah, and it's yeah. a sad reality. I mean, this is the other fact, isn't it? This isn't just government v government. This is a foreign government up against, often, corporate titans because if you're looking at the power grid or some of the water infrastructure, I mean, these aren't all government-controlled anymore. I'm speaking with Alistair McGibbon, the former head, by the way, of the Australian Signals Directorate Cyber Security Centre, so he knows what he's talking about here. Just finally, Alistair, speaking of naivety as we have, uh, it seems pretty clear, doesn't it, that China are up to this sort of stuff, but... Would it be naive to assume that we and the Americans aren't doing the same to them? Uh, look, the, the difference between Australian and Western intelligence agencies and, and that of China is the, the, the rules of the road as to how agencies behave. So Western agencies are super cautious about making sure that they can't harm unnecessarily harm civilian populations, um, critical infrastructure and harming things like sewage treatment plants, um, you know, air traffic control systems and the like, which is what the FBI director is talking about, uh, are, um, you know, uniquely often civilian infrastructure. And so I think the the rules of the road, the way in which Australian and other agencies operate, um, and Australia doesn't deny that it has an offensive cyber capability, but the way that would be used uh, is fundamentally different to, you know, the rules of the road of somewhere like China. Alistair McGibbon, wonderful to talk. Thank you for your expertise. Great. Have a great day. Alistair McGibbon there, the Chief Strategy Officer at CyberCX.